Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for book 13, chapter 18. What? Uh, sorry, with <laughs> all that is happening now for the first time in the book, Napoleon isn't his confident self and isn't feeling as nimble and brave as before. In the remainder of the book, do you think he's going to feel worse and worse about himself? Yeah, he's got a pretty awful journey ahead of him, I'd say. Being on the run, trying to get the heck out of Russia, retracing his steps with a broken army. Uh, it's never going to be good. FDLP1 says, This chapter left me a little unsatisfied. The only explanation we get for the French retreat is the vague influence of certain forces. Quote, unquote. Stephen Foxbat says, Instinctively, I find it very difficult to put people in a position where they have no choice but to concede. It seems counterproductive or productive of extremisms. I think of nationalistic rhetoric. It's interesting to see how inflection points in history can be so complex. I guess that's why people are rarely able to identify them at the time. This chapter seems to dissect the moment when Napoleon has to admit defeat and shows how it can still be without concession and without really admitting it, although I feel like we are deprived of his perspective. I don't know if that is Tolstoy's willful ignorance, whether it's accidental or if it's by design for some narrative purpose. Mm. Oh, sorry about that. Now, this is the last chapter of the book. Um, not the book book, but the book. It's the last chapter of book 13. Um, so... Always, it's always kind of exciting to move on to the next um, book. It's always like a bit of a turning point, you know. Chapter 19 goes like this. A man in motion always devises a name for that motion. To be able to go a thousand miles, he must imagine that something good awaits him at the end of those thousand miles. One must have the prospect of a promised land to have the strength to move. The promised land for the French during their advance had been Moscow. During their retreat, it was their native land but that native land was too far off. And for a man going a thousand miles, it is absolutely necessary to set aside his final goal and to say to himself, today I shall get to a place 25 miles off where I shall rest and spend the night. And during the first day's journey, that resting place eclipses his ultimate goal and attracts all his hopes and desires. And the impulses felt by a single person are always magnified in a crowd. For the French retreating along the old Smolensk road, the final goal, their native land, was too remote, and their immediate goal was Smolensk, toward which all their desires and hopes enormously intensified in the mass, urged them on. It was not that they knew that much food and fresh troops awaited them in Smolensk, nor that they were told so, on the contrary. Their superior officers and Napoleon himself knew that provisions were scarce there, but because this alone could give them strength to move on move on and endure their present privations so both those who knew and those who did not know deceived themselves and pushed on to Smolensk as to a promised land coming out to the high road the french fled with surprising energy and unheard of rapidity towards the goal they had fixed on besides the common impulses which bound the whole crowd of french into one mass and supplied them with a certain energy there was another cause binding them together, their great numbers. As with the physical law of gravity, their enormous mass drew the individual human atoms to itself. In their hundreds of thousands, they moved like a whole nation. Each of them desired nothing more than to give himself up to the, as a prisoner to escape from all this horror and misery, but on the one hand, the force of this common attraction to Smolensk 
their goal drew each of them in the same direction. On the other hand, an army corps could not surrender to a company, and though the French availed themselves of every convenient opportunity to to detach themselves and to surrender on the slightest decent pretext, such pretexts did not always occur. This, sorry, their very numbers and their crowded and swift movement deprived them of that possibility and rendered it not only difficult but impossible for the Russians to stop this movement, to which the, the French were directing all their energies. Beyond a certain limit, no mechanical disruption of the body could hasten the process of decomposition. A lump of snow cannot be melted instantaneously. There is a certain limit of time in less than which no amount of heat can melt the snow. On the contrary, the greater the heat, the more solidified the remaining snow becomes. Of the Russian commanders, Kutuzov alone understood this. When the flight of the French army along the Smolensk road became well defined, what Konovnitsyn had foreseen on the night of the 11th of October began to occur. The superior officers all wanted to distinguish themselves, to cut off, to seize, to capture and to overthrow the French, and all clamoured for action. Kutuzov alone used all his power, and such power is very limited in the case of any commander-in-chief to prevent an attack. He could not tell them what we say now. Why fight? Why block the road, losing our own men and inhumanely slaughtering unfortunate wretches? What is the use of that when a third of the army has melted away on the road from Moscow to Vyazma without any battle? But drawing from his aged wisdom what they could understand, he told them of the Golden Bridge and they laughed at and slandered him, flinging themselves on, rending and exulting over the dying beast. Ermolov, Milorovich, Platov and others, in proximity to the French near Vyazma, could not resist their desire to cut off and break up two French corps, and by way of reporting their intention to Kutuzov, they sent him a blank sheet of paper in an envelope, and try as Kutuzov might to restrain the troops, our men attacked, trying to bar the road infantry regiments we are told advanced to take to to the attack with music and with drums beating and killed and lost thousands of men but they did not cut off or overthrow anybody and the french army closely closing up more firmly than at the danger continued while steadily melting away to pursue its fatal path to smolensk Alright, there we go, another chapter for you. Their retreat is solidifying. They are like a bat out of hell, aren't they? Trying to get the hell out of Moscow. Alright, have your say about it on the subreddit and I'll see you tomorrow.